Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This from, is Deacon Mike. This is John. And we're uh, coming at you from Colorado. Hey. It's uh, been kind of a slow morning for the two of us, but slower for you. What happened? Yeah. Well, very slow. Everything's been on foot this morning. I... I came all the way to the seminary having left my keys here so i had no car this morning and had to walk to school about an hour and 15 minutes Ooh, hour 15 sorry Ooh. about that i would have uh, picked you up if i would have seen you walking on the side of the road but i didn't i must have been coming in i don't know what went on but it was nice to have a long walk you know i'm getting ready for holy orders in less than a month here and, we are uh, three weeks away you're going to be a priest it's that, pretty exciting that is amazing it's amazing you've been at this for a, how many years now this is my ninth year. Your ninth year. Yeah, Gosh, almost a, almost a decade. A lot of school. I don't know what I'm going to do without books. Do you know what you're going to do when you're out there as a priest? No. No? No. I mean, yeah. theoretically, yeah, I'll hear confessions, uh, say masses, you know, visit people in the hospitals and That's the families. Point. You and, learn everything in the books, and then you get out there and you don't know anything. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're but it be, was nice to walk and just to think about it and prepare. Well, you're going to be a good priest even if you do lose your keys every once in a while. Oh, thanks, so I John. You know well, that. that's reassuring because hey, I hey. will lose my keys again. I'm the, guaranteed. The question of today is how do you make a priest? Oh, that's a good question. So this is our question. This is our topic. You know, usually we have some kind of fancy schmancy uh, Latin phrase, some kind of obscure monastery in the middle of Syria or something like that. Today, I was like, you know, we should probably just talk about how you could be a priest because – this in a couple of weeks you're going to have family coming into town and they don't they've never been to an ordination they don't know yeah, how this stuff true. works so how does it actually work and what are the things that are required for to make this thing all go through that's what we're go. talking that's about today good, that's a great topic so let's start with the base fundamental ingredient for our recipe to make a priest which is which is give it to me in the Latin uh, vir baptizatus vir baptizatus which means a baptized man. Okay, a baptized man. So canon law states it has to be a baptized man, right? Yep. Why does it have to be a man, Mike? This is important. Well, oh, there's, this is a big, yeah. there's a number of reasons. Um, Jesus gave, uh, ordained the first priests and uh, made the first priests, and they were all men. And so that's part of our tradition. Among other things, there's theological reasons, there's right. symbolic reasons. Um, but I the don't fundamental, know the, the fundamental. I know there's all these reasons, but the fundamental reason is the Eucharist, right? It's the it's the confecting or the the giving of the Eucharist. Oh yeah. And yeah. if they're going to do that, then they're going to have to be Jesus. And Jesus wasn't married, and Jesus was a man. And so, very specifically, we have to go. To, that's a whole other podcast, though. Okay. Reasons for clerical celibacy, reasons for male ordination. It's a close question, though. That's that is a. Yeah. That part of the recipe is not, not not up for grabs. Right. That's required. That is a required thing. Baptized. Why baptized? Well, it's the beginning of the Christian life. I mean, you have to be a Christian man. You can't just be a, a man who doesn't know anything about Jesus. The baptism is, and this is kind of cool. We learned about this in our Holy Orders class, but the there's a seal, right, that happens in baptism. You're, you're given, you're, it's impressed upon you, the divine life. And then in confirmation, that's re-sealed into you. And then in Holy Orders, it is as well. So you have all these kind of these markings or these ceilings, but it's just kind of being grafted deeper and deeper into your soul. So oh, okay. we can't separate the baptism of little baby Mikey, who was probably screaming and going crazy <laughs> when he's brought into the divine Trinitarian <laughs> life with, hopefully you won't be screaming and being crazy uh, at your ordination. Here old Adam weeks. will be. The old <laughs> Adam will be. But there is something, uh, there's a connection there. So we got a baptized male. That's our first part of our recipe. Now, um, 
the directions. What do we what do we do to kind of prepare this thing? We send him off to seminary for all these years. He does all this stuff. But then there's a number of kind of levels and a number of different ways you have to be prepared spiritually. What are the four kind of basic ways that our seminary life is structured into uh, into forming you and kind of preparing you? Oh yeah, yeah. Four. Yeah, that look on your four face. Four pillars of formation. <laughs> there you go. Uh, are human, so that we can be a bridge to Christ right. in our humanity, our personality. Um, pastoral, right. uh, so that we learn to be a spiritual leader. The spiritual, you be, become a man of prayer. And um, which one am I missing? Uh, intellectual. Intellectual. Right. Very uh, good. So you, you know something. The uh, I, I apologize for not asking you any of these in advance. This is just all off the cuff. Oh, you're so well, that's a good test. You if know, anyone's hearing, uh, you should know this if there's stuff, a right? second or two pause and you hear kind of <laughs> little whelps of uh, <laughs> concern from Deacon right. Mike, it's because he had no preparation for yeah. any of this stuff. And, so, and I even lost my keys this morning. And he lost his keys, and he's still kind of flustered <laughs> and sweaty from place. walking all the way here. The uh, John Paul II was the one to establish formally in Pastor's Dabo Vobis, working out of the tradition of the church, he articulates, these are the four ways we have to prepare and form guys, humanly, spiritually, intellectually, and pastorally. And so you get you get those four, and that's kind of the heart of our uh, seminary years. You, you have all of those things. Now, like, that's why seminary is tough, right. and you got to pray for seminarians, because whoever's working in those areas, they think that's the most important area. So you have all these different things, and it's it's like, what's more important? If you know the truth, if you're able to apply the truth, if you're living the truth, if you're praying, I mean, all these different things, they're all right. very, very important. You can't separate them, but it makes some of your life pretty tough and demanding. Yeah. And, but you're and, at the end. And anytime you're, you're growing, you're kind of asked to grow, and every time you're growing, there's growing pains. And there's growing pains is right. Now, there's a couple of things you can't throw into the recipe. You can't, they can't get mixed in as ingredients. Is that correct? Oh, can't, yeah. Canon law calls them impediments. If you have these things or have these, you, are not, you cannot be ordained a priest. What are those things? Well, some of them, there's a number of them, but um, one is insanity. Insanity. You, you can't okay. be insane. That will keep you from orders. Uh, and other impediments, uh, if you've committed apostasy, heresy, or schism, okay. uh, willful homicide, uh, if you've attempted marriage, if you have um, mutilated yourself, we won't go too deep into that okay. one, um, or... Um, another one is um, if <laughs> we're reading. Oh, I've, now I've we're, lost we're it. We're reading these from the, code, ca- from the code of canon law. Code of canon law, which is pretty. You know sticky. that deacon in, in New York City right now, he'd be like, "Oh, these guys, what are they doing? They're reading off a computer." So we got to stop. Okay, reading. forget it. That's all the impediments I can. That's remember. the impediments we got for you. JD Flynn, canon lawyer here in Denver, could help you out with that if you need any more. But those are the things not to throw in the recipe. Now. When we actually get all the ingredients, we get everything ready to go, it's time to, like, make this thing happen. We go to the ordination ceremony, which is a mass. Not a lot of people realize that. But it's in the context of the Eucharist. Right. Right smack in the middle of it. So the ordination mass on May 15th is going to be a Saturday morning, 10 a.m., here at the cathedral. What do we need? Who needs to be the one? Who's the chef? Who's in charge here? Bishop. you got to have bishop. a bishop. Why do you have to have a bishop? Well, because Jesus passed his authority by breathing on and uh, ordaining that way, the bishops, um, the first apostles, and then they have have ordained their successors all the way down the line through history up into our very day. So the bishops have the authority to confer holy orders. Beautiful. So bishops, as successors to the apostles, have the authority of Jesus to ordain uh, priests, which were like helpers, assist, assist, essentially. They're kind of given the governance and 
and oversight of the local church and the priests are to assist and participate and share in their work and in their priesthood. Right. right. Beautiful. So you got to have the bishop. He's going to be the one kind of putting all this stuff together. Now, there's two different things he has to do at the ordination in order for you to be validly ordained, which means for it to actually happen. What are those two things? Um, the laying on of hands with the prayer of consecration and anointing of the hands. Okay. Well, <clears throat> sorry, this is kind of tricky, and I don't want to get into too much canon law here. The two things that you have to do, you have to do, okay. are lay on hands, and there has to be the prayer of ordination. Oh, okay. Now I know so you, you're I, not liking. I just added the you're not liking. This, you're looking looking at me like I'm going to kill you after this is over. Because oh, I just look I'm so doing, stupid. I'm in doing front the of our podcast. I'm doing audience. the so- Socratic thing today um, because I didn't prepare enough, so I'm putting it all on you. So uh, wait, you know. okay, John, you've been in enough classes to know that there's all kinds of teachers, and the hard, the worst thing is when the teachers are asking these questions. Sort of like, guess what I'm thinking. That, but Tell me what I'm thinking. And then you can never get it right, you know? I know, I know. So we're, I've been I'm pretty close. And I'm, I'm like, not, I'm not all your bad. answers are good. And uh, these are really complicated questions. But yeah, essentially get, you need to read my mind and, and keep answering what I have in my mind. And what I had in my mind there was, you have to lay hand, the, the bishop has to lay hands on you. And he has to um, say the prayer of ordination. So your little brother, Johnny, uh-huh. who will be so piously praying in the back of the church. He will. Your, yeah, right. Um, he'll be kicking somebody in the shins probably, <laughs> but he'll look and he'll say, Oh, at that moment, my brother was ordained a priest when the laying on of hands happened. And then the prayer of ordination, which happens right after that, that's what actually effects the ordination of priests. Now there's a couple other symbolic things that are important. The, the anointing of the hands with sacred chrism oil and the, um, receiving of the chalice and the patent. And there's all these prayers and stuff. So there's other things that go on with that. If you leave those out, it's illicit. So it still happens. That's just not proper, just but not valid, but, yeah. but makes it valid. And there's a story actually in the 80s of a, a diocese in the Midwest, which shall not be named, where um, they forgot to do the prayer of ordination. So the guys went out to their parties, their dinners that night, and some MC realized, oh man, Uh-oh. they're not priests. We didn't, we didn't. If we didn't do the prayer of ordination, they are not priests. So they had to pull them all back to Bring the seminary chapel that night and ordain them again. Uh, because wow. they got it right. So I don't well, think we have to worry about got, that. I'm though. glad they caught it early. They caught it early. I don't think we have to worry about that because our tradition is pretty good. But the fundamental thing is if you're at an ordination, the laying on of hands and the prayer of ordination, especially the inv- invocation of the Holy Spirit to come upon them, that's that's the real money point. That's, yeah. the, that's the turning point in your life when you go and you all of a sudden become a priest forever. That's exciting. And what do you mean by priest forever? You change. There's a real change, right? There's a real ontological change that happens. And ont- ontology is a fancy word for just being. It's a change in your being. The priest is not about – it's not just about what you do. It's about who you are. Right. And that's something that happens in baptism. There's an ontological change or a change in the soul, in the very being. And there's a change in ordination as well. And those changes can never be reversed. That's why we say you are a priest forever. You know? Wow. You got it. That's yeah, exciting that's stuff. that's how you make a priest. That's how you make a priest. Now – before we finish, we got two quick shout-outs we got to make. Okay. First off is to uh, Laurel's dad, who wrote this, and this is from her. And he said, tell almost Father John and, al- and his almost father buddy, that must be you, yeah, that uh, he got the website to work. So this is a thank you to Laurel's dad and uh, to all those who are like, what the heck is a podcast? And uh, have been struggling to figure out how to actually listen to this thing. So those of you who succeeded, thank you. Another one we have to thank, Alicia in Steubenville, Ohio, Joe Doman's sister, who's been listening, oh, who, yeah. who tells him that we sound like him. Now, what does that mean? There's your fun fact for today. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Talk to you soon. <laughs>